0: social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show.
1: Well, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. Right now, it's 106. It is uh, Wednesday. It is November 10th. And this portion of our show is brought to you by J.K.L. Engineering. Now, listen, it's not your imagination. It's getting colder out. Call J.K.L. The heating season is upon us. Let J.K.L. Engineering design and install a natural gas, high-efficiency carrier infinity system. The energy efficient, quiet, more affordable than you think. If you're saying no gas, guess what? No problem. Let J.K.L. Engineering... Design and install a high-efficiency heat pump system, including ductless splits. Heats in the winter, cools in the summer. These units are so efficient, it can reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. And they have the highest rebates in the market. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts right now at 107 on this Wednesday, November 10th. If you can hear my voice, call J.K.L. Estimates are free. Financing is available. 401 351 7600 You tell J.K.L., John DePietro told me to call you. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%, 401-351-7600. Folks, as always, visit the website, depietro.com And don't forget, depietro.com, which is brought to you by realtor Pat Elston, this, Pat, 401-474-5253. If you log on at dipetro.com, you'll see the photo of Pat right there on the right-hand side. Caldwell Banker Realty, based in Cumberland, 20 years experience, licensed Rhode Island and Massachusetts. You need a dependable realtor. You need Pat Elston, 401-474-5253. All right, folks, it's been a very eventful day, a very eventful day regarding the kyle rittenhouse trial and i want to play um some of the sound from this morning where the judge was really uh really going after the, the the um the way that the prosecutors and their questioning of kyle rittenhouse how they were questioning kyle rittenhouse Uh, The way they were trying to portray things the way as I as we have covered this trial, what they what the judge also said right from the very beginning was that uh, they were not going to allow him to call what he said was rioters and looters. He was not going to allow them to call them victims, but listen to the judge Say to the assistant district attorney, Thomas Bininger, don't get brazen with me. Listen to this judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse case.
0: To me, what I've heard in this trial, and by the way, Mr. Richards absolutely correctly points out that just hours ago, I said I had heard nothing in this trial to change any of my rulings. So why pardon that me?
2: That was before don't
0: that get the testimony. brazen with me. Uh it, You knew very well, you know very well that an attorney can't go into these types of areas when the judge has already ruled without asking outside the presence of the jury to do so. So don't give me that. That's number one. Number two, this is propensity evidence. I said at the time that I made my ruling, and I'll repeat again now for you, I see no similarity between talking about wishing you had your AR gun, which you don't have, (laughs) so that you could take fire rounds at these uh, thought-to-be-shot And the incidents in these cases, which are not... uh, There's nothing in your case that suggests the defendant was lying in wait to shoot at somebody or reflecting upon the shooting for a vast amount of time. Every one of the incidents involves uh, matters that involve seconds in time. So I don't, I comment at the time, I don't see the similarity, and I don't see the similarity now.
1: You know, folks, again, that is um, not the type, that is not what you want to hear from a judge when you're on the bench. But I, I think it, it absolutely just shows uh, just how fed up they are. With the case, Nami, go to, this is the judge now, again, berating the prosecutor over the line of questioning. Listen to this. Again, this is the Kyle Rittenhouse, Kyle Rittenhouse trial. With prejudice. He's an experienced
0: attorney, and he
2: knows that.
1: This is the defense.
2: Mr. Finger? First of all, Your Honor, this was the subject of a motion. I'm well aware of that. And the court left the door open. For me, not for you. You group.
0: should have come and asked for, uh, for reconsideration. You did on the one motion, and in fact, I granted your motion for reconsideration. That was we not a motion. I did. I granted.
2: We did not move for reconsideration. I, 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 we have I, not filed any me, motions to reconsider me, in this case.
0: That was their motion for reconsideration, which I denied. But uh, I said, I denied it or I indicated a bias towards denial is what I did. Held it open with a bias towards denial. Why would you think that that made it okay for you without any advance notice to bring this matter before the jury? You are already, you were, I, I was a, astonished when you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence. That's basically. It's been basic law it's been basic law in this country for 40 years 50 years wow. I have no idea why you would do something like wow. that and it gives um, uh, well I'll, I'll leave it at that so I don't know what you're
2: up to there's fun yes we filed another acts motion on this exact issue because in my mind and I argued this it is identical to what was going on on the night of August 25th in the sense that the defendant was using this exact same weapon. He was using it in a manner to try and protect property. No, he wasn't. There's... Your Honor, with
3: all due respect...
0: I'm not going to rehash the motion. That's absolutely untrue. And there's... No, no, no. Your argument's of record. My comments are of record. And why I ruled as I did is of record. There's nothing that I heard in this trial to suggest that anything's changed, even if you're correct in your assumption that you know more than uh, I did at the time. you should have come to the court and say, I want to go into this. Uh, why you would think that you could go into it without any advance notice to the court, I don't understand that. And as the, <laughs> I love this. the defense is pointing
2: out, you're an experienced trial
4: lawyer. You yep.
2: should not have been gone into it. That's right. Your Honor, there have been things in this case, testimony in this case, that I believe opens the door to this. For example, the defense has introduced evidence that the defendant pointed a gun at a man wearing yellow pants because that person was on a car on the car source lot. Now, there's no justification that I can think of why the defendant would point that gun at someone. The defendant has just testified this morning that he agreed with that person in the yellow pants, that he pointed the gun at him. He said, I was joking when I said that to the guy in the yellow pants, but he said, he's acknowledged that he told the person in the yellow pants, yeah, you're right. I did point a gun at you when you were sitting on a car. He said, I did. That's what he exactly. said. Exactly. So he's agreeing. May I finish, please? I'd like to have a chance to make a record if I could, without being interrupted, if that's okay. Whoa. He is mentioned. Why? Wow. He has he's acknowledged that he's used Watch this gun cow. to protect property. He's also just acknowledged that he knows he can't do that. I am attempting to impeach him now with the prior tenth incident, fifteen days prior, involving the same gun where he is threatening to use that gun to protect property. He it didn't goes use the gun with it. Your Honor, he is saying he wished he did so he could shoot people. You know, there's a
0: lot of difference between commenting about something when you haven't got a gun and threatening someone when you do.
2: You know, it's interesting, Your Honor, because the entire defense theory in this case is Joseph Rosenbaum, who was unarmed. Can you tell me what the defense theory of the case is? I want may I res- look. May I respond look. to what you just said, Your Honor? I'd like to respond to what you just said. Please, down, please. I I apologize, Madam Court Reporter, but I'd like to try and make a record without anyone interrupting me if that's okay i believe that there is a central part of this case that mr rosenbaum is making threats that he has no ability to carry out so to your point your honor you're arguing that this august 10th incident one one aspect of why you don't believe it's relevant
1: wow folks what a dramatic turn of events again good afternoon I love the judge in this case. We're going to pick it up on the other side. Again, I want to bring you up to speed on everything going on. Right now, it's 116, and the, uh, the judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse case, folks, that's who you're hearing, absolutely ripped in to the prosecution. It's the prosecution. Listen, I want to say this right now, 116, about the Kyle Rittenhouse case. He should not be on trial. Someone even texted me, why is he even on trial? He is on trial. He is on trial because last year, after in self-defense, when he was defending himself, Black Lives Matter put pressure for the prosecution to bring charges in the case. That's what it's about. That's why. Should he be on trial No, it was self-defense. And as I've said, if you learn about who it is, he actually did people a favor. Because the dirtbags that were trying to kill him, he took out. Now, I want to switch gears just for a moment. Meet me in the closet. Let's go to the coach and NK, new reporting from Channel 12. Who's been doing award-winning work on this. Here we go. We're
5: hearing from more former student-athletes who say... They were
4: subjected to naked fat tests by their high school basketball
1: yep. coach. Yep, Dan York's friend, Porkboy. Boy. The
4: attorney general is speaking for the first time about yep. his investigation That's into right. troubling
6: accusations. Target 12 investigator Tim White is here now with the exclusive details. Nearly a dozen more former student athletes have come forward since Target 12 first revealed the allegations against Aaron Thomas. And some say the inappropriate tests were happening years earlier than previously reported. The allegations against former North Kingstown basketball coach Aaron Thomas continue to mount. As Target 12 first reported, multiple former student athletes say Thomas would ask some of them to remove all their clothes so he could perform so-called fat tests. The exams would
1: happen along with the coach
6: behind closed doors. Two former students tell Target 12 Thomas conducted the naked fat tests on them back in the mid and late 1990s. One student says the inappropriate tests started when Thomas was coaching junior varsity basketball. Thomas would conduct the tests every few months, telling him to meet me in the closet in the locker room. The student says he dreaded the tests, and as he got older, stopped agreeing to them. Multiple former students told Target 12 Thomas would ask them if they were shy or not shy, and if they said not shy, Thomas would ask them to remove their clothes. The former student says Thomas told him most guys are not shy, adding Thomas definitely guided you to feeling guilty or emasculated that you weren't man enough to do it. The principal focus
7: is on whether children were victimized in a way that implicates Rhode Island criminal statutes.
6: Um, so there's, there's no sort of limits on any investigation that we do. The North Kingstown Police Department has said there was not enough evidence to criminally charge Thomas following an investigation earlier this year. But a- Attorney General Peter Nerona is reviewing the case. From from your own reporting, there are lots of potential, uh, there are lots of of children
7: or former, you know, now adults but back then children who made allegations. They need to be interviewed. Uh, Members of uh, the school administration and teachers and coaches need to be interviewed. So there's a lot of work to be done.
6: Thomas has not replied to our request for comment. Now, the North Kingstown School Committee voted over the weekend to reopen their investigation into how the allegations were handled by the school department. With the target 12 investigators, Tim White, Twelve
1: news. So folks, very good, uh very extensive, uh I thought very good job and and as I mentioned, folks, Channel twelve just continues to do a really outstanding job um, regarding the investigation into exactly what happened in North Kingstown. Uh you know, and and I, I also wanna be very clear, it's um it's Listen, it's uncomfortable to talk about. I've had I've had some people say that you know you, you really shouldn't um, talk about it. You shouldn't talk about it because think of the um, think of some of the victims that are uncomfortable. But the the, the victims that I've heard from they they like the fact. That at least someone is doing something I mean the, the, the other The other option is We pretend that it never happened And, and then therefore You know we, we could certainly do that Although I don't think that serves anyone So it did happen Now I want to play yesterday He was on Channel 12 And um, Attorney General Peter Narona Did uh, an interview with Kim Kalunian anchor from Channel 12. But I want to play this a little bit because I think he also they talk on the investigations into the governor. So let's listen. This is yesterday. Attorney General Rona, on, on Channel 12 with Kim Pinaurona.
8: He's live in studio with us today. Thanks so much for being here. Sure, Kim. Thanks for having me. So as we heard at the top of the show uh, with our colleague Brittany Schaefer, your office just indicted another former priest on some mm. child molestation uh. charges. These charges date back to the late 1980s. Why are they just coming to the surface now?
7: Yeah, look, this is part of, uh, it's kind of the uh, results of our broader investigation into alleged abuse uh, by clergy of children um, in the diocese of providence going ah. back to the 50s and 60s so that's been going on for two years and really with two principal two principal objectives to understand what happened who was involved what the diocese reaction was but at the same time i think all of us who've been doing this for a long time sense that we might develop cases along the way by looking at historical records we might find allegations that hadn't been revealed before we might find allegations that warranted a second look and also as as it became clear that that we were doing this work that new victims uh, might step forward and make new allegations and so the cases that we've seen um, i think can be attributed to one or, or more of those of those reasons so two two big focuses one to eventually produce a report that lays everything that we found found out in, in great detail. But along the way, bring those cases that we believe have merit. Again, there, there are allegations at this point. Uh, the case have been charged. The defendants have a right uh, to a trial and the presumption of innocence, but we're prepared to go forward.
8: I want to pivot to another big story that we've been covering uh, out of North Kingstown. Your office is investigating former basketball coach Aaron Thomas after allegations surfaced that he had inappropriate interactions with underage student athletes. I wanted to ask you, is your review focused solely on Thomas or is everything under the micro? scope, including the actions or inactions of the school department when they were notified of the allegations against him.
7: Yeah, look, there's nothing off the table in the context of the investigation. Obviously, the the principal focus is on whether children were victimized in a way that implicates Rhode Island criminal statutes. Um, So there's there's no sort of limits on any investigation that we do. Um, You know, the first step is always to figure out what the facts are. That involves a lot of interviews potentially here. And then, you know, we'll take it forward from there.
8: Can you talk about any of the particular statutes that you're looking at? in
7: this investigation? So yeah, well look, you know, just to, just to put this in context, this is work that we do all the time, unfortunately, in the state of Rhode Island. We charged in the last five years um, over 500 cases involving sexual assaults on children. So this is not work that's new to the office we have 10 lawyers that work these cases full-time in the office. So what you always start with is understanding uh, uh, how children uh, were victimized, what the allegations are. Um, if there are allegations made by a child, try to corroborate that to the extent we can. Take into account any statute limitations that may be implicated by sort of, you know, conduct or allegations that are quite old. And at the end of the day, sort of sit down with those facts and, uh, you know, understand what the law is. We know what the potential charges are and then, and then see whether or not we have a case to be made. And, you know, eventually determine whether or not this is a matter which should be presented to a grand jury or something we can charge without the use of the grand jury. And the
8: North Kingstown police had previously said that Thomas's actions did not rise to criminal charges and some have now called on another agency to investigate, like, the state police because there are some concerns that maybe the local police department is not independent enough. Yep. Was that discussed at all?
7: That's no, right. I, you know, I have full confidence in the North Kingstown police department. And look, oh, wow. you know, I talk to Colonel Manny all the time, you know, three, four times a week. You know, he's already offered to the North Kingstown Police Department, the assistance of the state police that they need it. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that if if I decide or, or determine that we need additional assistance, investigative support, then we'll get it. Look, you know, there may be digital evidence here where the state police are uniquely uh, suited to sort of review that evidence. But I have every confidence in the North Kingstown Police Department. Um, I have confidence, of course, in our own uh, our own lawyers who do this work, as I mentioned, all the time. And, and we'll get to the bottom of what happened here and then decide any appropriate action.
8: And will the public be made aware of your
7: findings yeah look of course i mean i think a lot of it depends on on where on where we end up right again we've talked about this a lot kim you know here and in other contexts you know if there's a criminal case to be made well then the public learns about it through the charge in a criminal case you know we're we're still in the process of getting the facts we need to make the kinds of determinations we need to make and i don't want to get ahead of where we are there's a lot of work to be done there are obviously Um, You know, from from your own reporting, there are lots of potential, uh, there are lots of, of children or former, you know. Now, adults, but in, back then, children, who made allegations, they need to be interviewed. Uh, members of uh, the school administration and teachers and coaches need to be interviewed. So there's a lot of work to be done. And when we're through all of that work, you know, we'll, we'll figure out where we go from there.
8: I want to check in on some other investigations that we talked about right, here, so um, namely probes surrounding the ILO Group, yep. Eleanor Slater Hospital, Tony Silva, and Bud wow. Craddock. Yeah. Are all of those investigations yes. still open? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You
7: know, wow. On plate, you know, Four. That, you know, that list suggests. But, yeah, Four for Governor McCabe mm okay. You know, uh, in those wow. matters, um, you know, at least in the investigations, uh, three of the investigations you mentioned, the state police have been a great partner with us. Uh, the good news is uh, they have the resources to dedicate to it as do we, and so those things are ongoing. And again, wow.
8: I wanted to ask you about um, something that the U.S. Supreme Court is oh. considering—a gun case out of New York Boy. regarding how that state and others Governor regulate McKee concealed carry
7: permits. Are you all
8: about the potential this case could have on Rhode Island gun laws?
7: Oh sure, yeah. So, so you know, that case may decide the circumstances under which a, uh, a concealed carry permit can be um, can be awarded or granted. You know, my office um, has a set of standards in doing that. Uh, state, uh, state and local police have a standard in doing that. Ours is a little bit different, honestly, uh, candidly. So, uh, you know, we'll have to see where that case goes. I mean, you know, I learned a long time ago it's dangerous to prejudge uh, what the Supreme Court likely to do before they actually do it. But if the Supreme Court issues a decision that changed that legal landscape, we'll have to see whether Rhode Island state law uh, is consistent with what the Supreme Court demands. I mean, I think I'd be surprised if the Supreme Court said that anybody regardless of background, meaning regardless of, say, criminal history, can get a concealed carry permit um, or an open carry permit for that matter. But we'll have to see what the Supreme Court says in the end. Rhode
8: Island Attorney General Peter Narona, thank you as always for your time. Thanks, Kim. Good to
1: be with you. very good interview. Very, very good interview uh, on Channel 12 with uh, Peter Narona, who again Right now, it's 127. It's Wednesday afternoon, November 10th, and you're listening to The John DiPietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. What I found very uh, interesting about that is that's four investigations going on right now with Governor McKee. Now, folks, on this Wednesday, and it's dry out, and we're going to do, again, the big national news is the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. But today is another nice day. Boy, yesterday was beautiful, wasn't it? But nice sunshine all afternoon, and then it's a nice tomorrow, and then, boy, this weekend coming up, but it's it's certainly getting colder tomorrow, of course, Veterans Day. I want to remind you, though, to stop in... And visit our friend Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Stop in vitamins, herbal remedies, local products like acai, honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum, over 250 bulk herbs, teas and spices. It's my health. Diagonally across from Davidport Restaurant, stop in and see Marie. Now, let's get to some more sound. Uh, specifically, yesterday on The View... And this was big. So the view, and they um, uh, have, let me just check something right now. Providence City Council annual spending on communication set to pass $200,000. Wow. That's interesting. Um, So... Parker Gavigan is going to work for the Providence City Council. Um, But I want to, the judge really went after, as I was mentioning earlier. But I want to get to also, as I was mentioning yesterday on The View, was Morgan Ortegas. And she really went after Adam Schiff. She worked in the State Department. Um, I think it's interesting that they had her on as a... um, as a panelist on The View, but she was just talking on Fox and talked about that she knew it was going to be important to go after Adam Schiff. I want to hear, let's to play a little Adam bit of Schiff this. Schiff that
5: for them. Yeah, I, we go back to the moments where he stood up and said that there was ample evidence of collusion on the part of the former president.
9: What was the reaction
5: that you got? I was just so curious because I mean, rarely have we seen Adam Schiff put himself in the position to be questioned like you did, Morgan.
10: Just want to say thank you, uh, you know, to the view and to the producers for allowing me to be on and giving me that opportunity. I know it's important for a lot of conservative women in America to be represented um, yeah. on that on that show, and I was, and, and they let me be there on an incredibly important day. And when I realized Adam Schiff was coming on, I thought, my word, this is the opportunity that almost every journalist that I'm friends with wants to to interview. And by the way, it's not just conservative, you know, people who work for you know more right leaning outlets that want to question them. I mean, I, I have several friends that I've worked with over the years that are a very, very mainstream prominent publications that wanted to have interviews with him and haven't been able to. So I will say that in the moment, I'll confess that my hands were shaking a little because I knew it was just incredibly important in that moment to be able to hold him accountable, not for the Republican Party, but for everybody who wants to seek truth and justice. And I wish that he had reflected a little bit more on perhaps maybe for five years he got something really, really wrong. I think he's been so um, obsessed with stopping uh, President Trump because he thought he was really bad and evil, I think he was so obsessed with stopping him that he took a lot of shortcuts and and took a lot of political uh, opportunities and uh, really politicized uh, the intelligence community, politicized these documents in a way that never should be, right? When you make these shortcuts, when you politicize the intelligence, it just ends up making you look stupid in the end.
4: Well, that was quite a moment that you had yesterday. Morgan, thanks for joining us to uh, talk a little more about it. Thank
1: you, Morgan. You know, that was um, a lot of people, folks, were actually surprised that the view even had her on. And I want to go back to this is where and she's terrific. And she went right after Adam Schiff and said, you know, you you want to talk about uh credibility. What about what about your credibility with the Russian collusion? So let's go again. This was Adam Schiff and the the woman you just heard who I've interviewed in the past. And she really by took it right to him. Listen to this. You've
10: been really prolific over the past few years being the head of the Intel Committee. And you defended, promoted, you even read into the congressional record the Steele dossier. Um, and we know last week the main source of the dossier was indicted by the FBI for lying about most of the key claims in that dossier. Do you have any reflections on your role in promoting this to the American people?
4: Well, first of all, uh, whoever lied to the FBI or lied to Christopher Steele should be prosecuted, Uh, and they are. Uh, And unlike in the Trump administration, if they're convicted, they should go to jail not be pardoned. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Donald Trump pardoned Roger Stone for lying. He pardoned Michael Flynn for lying. Uh, If people lie to the FBI, they should go to jail. Um, But at the beginning of the Russian investigation, I said that any allegations should be investigated. We couldn't have known, for example, people were lying to Christopher Steele. So it was proper to investigate them. And let's not forget what we learned in that investigation. We learned that the Trump campaign chairman, Paul Manafort, was giving internal polling data, campaign polling data, to Russian intelligence while Russian intelligence was helping the Trump and campaign. And
10: to be clear, he was fired halfway through the campaign.
4: Well, he had been fired. Yeah. But the the effort to get Russian help continued, and even beyond the effort to get Russian help... But you may
10: help spread Russian disinformation yourself for years by promoting this. I think that's what Republicans and what people who entrusted you as the intel committee chair are so confused about your culpability in all of
4: this. Well, I, I completely disagree with your premise. Uh, It's one thing to say allegations should be investigated, and they were. It's another to say that we should have foreseen in advance that some people were lying to Christopher Steele, which is impossible, of course, to do. But but let's not use that as a smokescreen to somehow shield Donald Trump's culpability for inviting Russia to help him in the election, which they did, for trying to coerce Ukraine into helping him in the next election. Mm which he did, uh, into inciting an erection, uh, insurrection, which he did. Um, none of that is undercut. None of that serious misconduct is in any way diminished by the fact that people lied to Christopher Steele.
10: No, I think just your credibility is. Well,
4: I think the credibility of your question, your question uh, is-
1: Wow. You know, the view, it's not your imagination. They normally don't. They normally don't do things like that, as a matter of fact. Well, folks, good afternoon at 135 it's John DePetro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always uh, listen online at our website, which is Depetro.com. So they are um, adjourned right now in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. But he had a big day. He is on the stand. They have put him on the stand. He was very good with defense attorneys. He was, um, He was then, I thought he did very well with the prosecution as well. That, and, and, and here's the thing. I, I believe um, he shouldn't have been prosecuted. This was a self-defense case, Kyle Rittenhouse. Um, they brought charges against him because of the aftermath of it was pressure from BLM. That's what happened. That's why they were that's why he was charged in the first place. I haven't seen anything yet. And and he is he is 18 years old. He is very earnest. He is um it is not easy what he is doing. It's impossible to be able to tell of what's going on because you know you can't see the jury and so forth. But but based on what we're seeing and I I I don't think they ignore um the the way the judge is talking to I don't think jurors ignore the way that the judge is is talking to the, um, the way he's talking to the prosecution, where he's really reading them the riot act. Now, I want to replay. This was from uh, yesterday morning. Channel 12, nothing against them, they did a good job, but this is the uh, story about uh, PC, Providence College and this whole business of the hate speech and so forth. I wanna just replay this a little bit.
6: Morning's ...leaving cars covered in frost, creating the perfect canvas for what officials at Providence College are calling vandalism. And yeah,
8: the school says racial slurs were etched in the frost of some of the students' cars over the weekend. Erica Ritchie joining us live in Providence with more on what we know this morning. Erica?
11: Danielle Patrick, good morning to you. Good morning to you at home. We don't know right now what was written on those cars, only that the school's well, the president N-word. calls it, quote, outrageous and unacceptable. Those were his words that he penned in a letter to students when he let them know what happened. He went on to say, quote, we unequivocally condemn this kind of uh. behavior. We pray for and stand ready to support those who were affected. Father Kenneth Sicard wasted no time in getting that letter to students on Sunday, just hours after surveillance video shows the alleged slurs were written late Saturday night. It happened in the Glaze student parking lot. We don't know how many cars were involved, but Father Sicard says this does appear to be random, even though one of the cars does belong to a a student of color, he said. Now, we've learned that that student is Friars basketball player Jared Bynum. Coming up next half hour, we had a conversation with head basketball coach Ed Cooley to hear how he's responding to this, and more importantly, how he says his player is responding to this. So, I'll see you right back here at 6.30.
1: All right, folks, again, nothing against. I like Erica Ritchie. She's a good reporter, uh, Channel 12. But how that story fell apart was, now that was yesterday morning. Today's Wednesday. Stay with me, November 10th. That story that I just played for you aired yesterday morning, Tuesday morning, November 9th. On Monday night, November 8th, was when word had started to go around that it was the N-word, and that's when people started sending messages that it was white supremacist and, you know, right-wing, right, right wing, excuse me, right-wing, white supremacist and da-da-da, and these Republicans, and they need to be stopped. And it's the Republicans at, at Providence College, and they obviously have a problem with these white kids, blah 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 and and then they release the they release the the video surveillance and it turns out as i've talked about but the the people in the video are african american so so i don't know what that I don't know I don't know what to you know, well, well I do know what to make of it actually. There's been a problem with what has been going on around the PC campus and they were set to do, you know, get ready for the Black Lives Matter rally and it's you know, Trump is to blame and it's white white uh right wing, white supremacist and uh nah, 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 and hate and we're gonna stomp it out and then you look at the video and it's uh It looks like, looks like a group of young black teenagers, most likely from Chad Brown. They were on foot, could have been somewhere else in the city, but around Chad Brown. Now, I also want to go to folks. What I like is a lot of the coverage right now regarding the Biden administration and the trouble they're in. They're to blame. And even people like CBS this morning. They say about the high price of heating oil coming. Let's hear the piece.
9: Heating bills this winter, oh boy, nearly half of all U.S. households mostly use natural gas to heat their homes. Those families could pay 30% more, and that would raise their heating costs to about $175 to $746. That's a lot. A year ago, the prices were lower because of this pandemic and a warmer and warmer than average winter. And I came to you too soon. Our consumer investigative correspondent, Anna Warner, there she is, has been looking into this. (laughs) Anna Warner, good morning to you.
5: Good morning to you, Gail. Yeah, so the experts tell us that the bad news is demand is driving those price increases for natural gas, propane, and electricity. And that has some people already looking for ways to conserve. To save money, the Knight family in New York bought a Wi-Fi thermostat they can control from their phone. We upgraded and we got a condensing boiler.
3: We I mean, I definitely noticed that the gas bills are lower.
5: The U.S. Energy Information Administration forecasts all major home heating bills will increase significantly because of higher fuel costs and potentially oh. colder weather this winter. For the nearly half of U.S. households who heat with natural gas, the cost is expected to rise 30% this year. The 5% who use propane and the 4% who primarily use heating oil will likely see their costs go up 54% more and 43% more. For the roughly 40% of U.S. households who use electricity, prices are expected to increase just a bit. About 6%. We've seen a very large increase in both natural gas and. Now,
1: again, this is just CBS folks. Now, and by the way, uh, former Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo, she was on CNN and she had no answers for what the Biden administration can do to lower the price. Um, I think I have that, or I had that actually.
6: Do we still have it? No,
1: oh, here it is. This is uh, Commerce Secretary Raimondo. Can't name a single thing they're going to do. Home heating. Here we go.
6: So gas price is not exactly in your purview, but you're the former governor of Rhode Island, so home heating prices certainly are. And you know, the Northeast, they're expecting very high prices this winter. Again, you know, what can be done?
5: What power does the government have
6: to step in and try to help here?
5: Yeah. So, as you say, this is not in in my area. I know that Secretary Granholm, uh, Secretary of Energy, is working this issue and monitoring it uh, constantly. Mm. And, again, as you say, this is in the private sector. But I will say we, we will take similar actions as necessary in terms of partnering with the private sector. At this point, um, we aren't you know, we are watching it on a daily basis and we will take action as necessary. So
1: they have no plan. They have no plan. I want to go to Morning Joe had Mayor Pete or actually Pete Buttigieg, right? Transportation. Trying to blame the trucker shortage on child care. So this is Mika from morning joe going after mayor pete let me hear this
9: mr secretary pete uh what then is the explanation for the labor shortage why are people not going back to work why are we seeing i mean countless businesses without employees that want to come to work
12: yeah look this issue is real uh talk to uh you know certainly any small business owner and we're seeing it a lot in the transportation sector. Uh, for example, when you see those uh, uh, those ships uh, that are at anchor in the port, some of those issues actually might have to do with the, the availability of truckers a 1,000 miles inland. Now, there are a lot of things contributing to this. One of them is child care, of course, which is why the president's Build Back Better vision is going to be good for the labor market. Also, some of these professions, frankly, uh, just need to be a better job. I mean, if you look at transportation and warehousing compensation in real terms, it is way down from where it was a generation ago and that helps to explain why with trucking for example at the biggest employers the annual turnover rate think about this the annual turnover rate for truck drivers is 90 percent that's a sign of some real issues with the quality of the job and we've got to work on that too
9: okay so uh you've you've you've, you've brought it, the explanation down to one job trucking and the quality of the life the quality of that job but we have companies across america that are offering people 15 20 an hour they're offering health care for the first time yep. in businesses where they have 17 year olds doing the job because they can't get adults to come to work so you know before covid before biden there was a problem with child care and people still went to work we are in a very different place right now and i need to understand the the explanation for that is it the checks that many argue uh, that keep americans from wanting to go back to work Uh, what exactly do you mean when you say people want a better job because right now Anybody in America can go and try and get a service and they'll they'll be a, a company or a business that doesn't have someone working there to help them.
12: So, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people did blame the checks, but as we saw uh, when the checks ended, uh, this issue continued. So we know that it goes deeper than that. Uh, And I do think it has to do with some of these other concerns. Uh, Yes, the child care issue is not new, but it is uh, a greater crunch than ever, even compared to a year or two ago, which is why it's so important for us to support child care. I mean, again, I think the underappreciated dimension of the Build Back Better agenda, what I call part two of the, of the, the big deal, part one being the transportation infrastructure bill we just passed. Part of that is that
3: that's actually going to ease these labor market pressures. And it's not just us in the administration saying it. A lot of very respected economists have pointed to that same effect and how it could also help with
12: inflation. but we're clearly going through some deep transformations in what it means to be a worker uh, and what it means to be a customer in this country. And those transformations can end up in a very good place for American workers, but we've got to get through this period by making it easier for people to be able to return
9: to the so, workforce. Secretary um, Pete Buttigieg, I still don't understand the, con- the the problem that's happening right now. I mean, if you're telling me that Build Back Better will bring people back to work because of much-needed and long-needed issues like child care and pre-K, that still doesn't explain why people aren't coming to work today. That's right. Especially when companies are trying yep. to raise their that's salaries right, as much as possible. Yeah. Um, we have the prices of goods going up. It's more expensive that's to live right, Mika. Why aren't people coming back to work right now? Why are we in this Pete. crisis where whether it's sitting on a plane for four hours to wait for a fuel truck driver or walking into a store that has no workers in it or going to a gas station that doesn't have someone to pump the gas? That's
1: right.
12: Oh, yeah, I of would Mayor not Pete. ignore the issue of uh, child care. I would not issue, ignore the issue of uh, safety. Some people are so concerned about.
1: Ah, folks, it's they're, they're just weak. They're absolutely weak. He has no answers. It's a failed administration. Now, I want to go back to, again, folks, the the judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse case absolutely ripped into, ripped into the prosecutor. I want to play this. And um, this is where the, the judge had already established, listen, you're not going to refer to these individuals as victims. The two uh, protesters that were trying to kill Kyle Rittenhouse, you're not going to call them victims. You can either call them looters or rioters. But listen to the judge just destroy the prosecution and remind him that, listen, this has already been decided. Here's what it sounded like. This was our earlier.
2: My understanding of- You
0: should have come and asked oh. for, uh, for reconsideration. You did on the one motion. And in fact, I granted your motion for a reconsideration. That was excuse not me. a motion. I, I, uh, no, it's uh, excuse me. I, uh, I did, I granted- We
2: did not move to reconsider. That was their motion. I, we have not so filed any motions to reconsider me. in this case.
0: That was their motion for reconsideration, which I denied. But uh, I said, I denied it. I indicated a bias towards denial is what I did. Yeah. Held it open with a bias towards denial. Why would you think that that made it okay for you without any advance notice to bring this matter before the jury? You are already, you were, I I was astonished when you began your examination by commenting on the defendant's post-arrest silence. That's basic law. It's been basic law in this country for 40 years, 50 years. I have no idea why you would do something like that, and it gives. Um, uh, well, I'll I'll leave it at that. I so I don't know what you're up to. There's
2: fun. Yes. We filed another oh. motion on this exact issue. Wow. Because this is in the my prosecutor mind, this. It is identical to what was going on twenty-fifth. No, the it is not. 25th, in the sense Wrong. that the defendant was using this exact same weapon. Wrong. He was using it in a manner to try and protect property. No, he wasn't. There's... Your Honor, I, with all due respect...
0: I'm not going to rehash the motion. Yeah, that's absolutely untrue. It is... and there's No, no, no. Your argument's of record. My comments are of record, and why I rolled as I did is of record. There's nothing that I heard in this trial to suggest that anything's changed. Even if you're correct in your assumption that you know more than uh, I did at the time... Uh, You should have come to the court and say, I want to go into this. Uh, Why you would think that you could go into it without it?
1: Wow, folks. I mean, that is, you don't want to be on the other end of that. Listen to, by the way, I want to remind people, Kyle Rittenhouse, he's 18 years old. He was 17 when this happened. Listen to him stand up to the prosecutor. This is on cross-examination just a short time ago.
2: Everybody that you shot at that night, you intended to kill Correct. I didn't intend to kill them. I intended to, I intended to stop the people who were attacking me. By killing them? I did what I had to do to stop the person who was attacking me. By killing them? Two of them passed away, but I stopped the threat from attacking me. By using deadly force? I used deadly force. That you knew was going to kill them? I didn't know if it was going to kill them, but I, I used the I used deadly force to stop the threat that was attacking me. You intentionally used deadly force against Joseph Rosenbaum, correct? Yes. You intentionally used deadly force against the man who came and tried to kick you in the face, yes. correct? You intentionally used deadly force against Anthony Huber. correct? Yes. You intentionally used deadly force against Gage Grossquartz, correct? Yes. With regard to Joseph Rosenbaum, you fired four shots at him, correct? Yes. You intended to kill him, correct? I didn't intend to kill him. I intended to stop the person who was attacking.
1: You know, very, very strong with uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. And that's under cross-examination, by the way. That is under cross-examination. So I want to just play. This is where the judge says to the prosecutor, don't get brazen with me. Here we go.
0: I didn't admit it in this case because, to me, what I've heard in this trial, and by the way, Mr. Richards absolutely correctly points out that
1: just hours ago, I said I had heard nothing in this trial to change any of my rulings. So so why, pardon me? That was before the Don't get brazen with me. Uh, Oh. uh, You knew very well. Wow.
0: You know very well that an attorney can't go into these types of areas when the judge has already ruled without asking outside the presence of the jury to do so. So don't give me that. That's number one. Number two, this is propensity evidence. I said at the time that I made my ruling, and I'll repeat again now for you, I see no similarity between talking about wishing you had your AR gun, which you don't have, so that you could take, fire rounds at these uh, thought to be shoplifters. And the incidents in these cases, which are not, there's nothing in your case that suggests the defendant was lying in wait to shoot at somebody or reflecting upon the shooting for a vast amount of time. Every one of the incidents involves matters that involve seconds in time. So I don't, I comment at the time, I don't see the similarity and I don't see the similarity now.
1: Great job by the judge. Great job by the judge now again it all depends apparently cnn has a legal expert that was saying well he's either telling the truth or giving the performance of a lifetime because kyle rittenhouse is doing so well on the stand so i think he's telling the truth but i want to hear this and feels his testimony is rehearsed as opposed to what I mean, these people are just pathetic. But let's hear it. This is what it sounded like on CNN. He
9: had Rittenhouse, right, go through the sequence of events that night. And he had the opportunity then to detail threats he says he heard from two of those that he shot and killed. But, Areva, obviously this isn't going to be his word against theirs. They're dead. What kind of impact does that have?
3: Uh, very impactful, and, and one thing I'll, I'll say, uh, in, you know, in relationship to what Laura just said, yes, on cross examination, what we saw was I thought a very rehearsed Kyle Rittenhouse, He was using terms that I don't imagine your typical seventeen-year-old. He was seventeen at the time, eighteen now. Uh, he's a nursing student, he's not a pre-law student, he's not a law student, so he was using uh, some terms like that, that I would think, you know, wouldn't be in the vocabulary of your typical 17 or 18 year old, and jurors are smart, they're, they're going to catch on to that, and I think, you know, he was using language that really laid out this self-defense uh, you know, legal self-defense is what his lawyers right. are going to argue. Right. And I think jurors picked up on that, that this guy, yes, was very emotional on a direct examination, but yet when it came to cross-examination, he, you know, became, as, as Laura said, defiant, and then he became almost like, you know, junior lawyer, uh, using a lot of legalese and terminology. So they're going to have to weigh the credibility, and you're right, Anna. we won't hear from those two men that he killed. So it really comes down to, do we believe Kyle Rittenhouse is telling the truth, or is he just giving the performance of a lifetime?
1: Wow, What is that supposed to mean? Of course, listen, of course he's going to uh, go through things with his attorneys. He's a young kid. They're trying to keep him calm. So as opposed to what? Just sending him in there? I mean, that doesn't happen. What an outrageous stance. It really is, folks. But here's the good news. At 157, at 157, On this Wednesday, I'm telling you, you're listening to The John DiPietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. I'm telling you, without the ability to see the jury, I think if you're Kyle Rittenhouse, I think this trial is going very well. I think it also brings into question on whether or not he even should have been charged in the first place. Probably overcharged him. Probably overcharged him. Now, at the time, think of you know when this happened. Last summer, into August, into September, the atmosphere was very volatile. This was the aftermath of the Jacob Blake shooting. And prosecutors felt pressure from BLM and Antifa and other activists to charge him, as they did, with murder. But I, so far, unless something changes, I don't see where they're going to be successful. And part of it is the, the judge has laid down the law. The judge in this case and not allowed them to behave in this manner or to try to, you know, frame it. They're trying to portray him as this young guy that watches Call of Duty and he went out and just started firing and randomly shooting and killing people. And that's not what happened. This portion of the program, folks, again, go to the website, depetro.com, parts by surplus provisions. Now, that's where I go. Ta- tactical gear pepper spray, everything to keep yourself, your family safe. Stop in and see them. There's a link on the website, dipetro.com. Surplus provisions. They're also on Facebook. One mile from Garden City. Stop in and see Tanya and Frank at surplus provisions. Body armor, tactical gear, pepper spray, everything you need to be safe at surplus provisions. Well, folks, it's 159. It's John DePetro Coming up you're going to hear the 2 o'clock news, and then it'll be the John Dion program. Again, if you'd like to reach me, get a hold of me, please go to the website, depetro.com D-E-P-T-R-O.com. Click on Contact John. We have more unique stories coming up and video and a lot more. It's a nice Wednesday. Get out there and enjoy it. Tomorrow, obviously, special program for Veterans Day. Again it's the John DePetro show weekdays from 11 to 2 a.m. 1380 and 99.9 fm and again always online at the website depetro.com stay tuned for the 2 o'clock news then it's the John Deon program WNRI Win Socket.